Right, Tom, guess what it is this week? We're allowed to play golf again, aren't we? It's the return of the Mac. I mean, it's return of the golf. Tomorrow. Tomorrow we can go out, well... When you're listening to this, it will have been tomorrow for us, but Monday the 29th, golf is back. Everywhere, golf courses, driving ranges, lessons, as long as it's outdoors. So I'm excited for both. I'm excited to play and get back teaching, to be fair. I just, yeah, just can't wait to be out there, just hitting a few shots off grass. Is like When are you playing? Um, so filming tomorrow, but then actual tea times of games Thursday and Sunday is like the big one. Like the the chat is going wild in WhatsApp. Twenty four of us pegging it up at Warrington, and it's a bit of a money game. Just can't wait. What about you? I'm playing twice this week. Are we going to have a little coach's corner match? Coach's corner match. What? Get the get the listeners to pick a side. Well, different causes. Because yeah. obviously I'll be at Hellsby, you'll be at Warrington. Yeah. Um, I think different days as well, but I'm playing Wednesday mornings, my probably full round. I might be playing a few. You're counting round. But I will, yeah, I'll, I'll play a full 18 on Wednesday. I'll count my score. Okay. Are we, are we keeping some scorecards on? Should we do an app? Yeah, do an appage. Um, I use Precision Pro, obviously, because they're a, a, a sponsor of the channel. But um, yeah, keep it on there, and I'll keep my Sunday one. And what will we do? We'll get people to vote for me or you. Yeah, who's going to win? On Instagram. Who's well, going to shoot more over par? Yeah, we'll, we'll, post a, we'll post a picture as this has come out. So if you're, you're listening and you haven't seen the post yet, head over to our Instagram at the underscore coaches underscore corner. That's it. On Instagram and go and have your vote. Who's going to win, me or Tom? Pick your side. If you've picked Tom, I'll find out who you are, who you voted for, and make sure you can't listen to the podcast again. Ignore him. I won't he really. Have any yeah. of those I'm not that jealous. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's get into it. We're talking short game. I think it's going to be a good episode this week. Good ways to get your short game in tune. We're talking about distance a lot of the time lately aren't we and yeah we've even spoke about it ourselves the last three or four weeks we've spoke about Bryson a lot and we've spoken about trying to maybe hit the ball a little bit further off the tee and mm. what Mac, we see what McElroy is doing at the minute yeah and I think the problem with that is it, we're so far away from that game it's ridiculous like, yeah there's, they there's, played, there's a big split isn't there they played the PJ National uh, the Honda Classic sorry at PJ National last week and I played that course couple of times you have and I've played it a few times and they made did it did you break 100 like, I did but I just don't know, probably <laughs> um, they made it look like a different course to what I was playing miles apart so then mm. you think about putting the the average golfer out on one of those golf courses it really is a completely different game yeah so we can't match their game when it comes to driving distance when it comes to hitting Speak irons what was the number the other day something like uh, I think Bryson's lob wedge is 125 yards or something, which is right. just it's it's a good golfer's pitching wedge a lot of the time. That yeah, well, nine wedge. nine really, isn't it? Average nine nine. Well, yeah. So when it comes to the short game, just to link it back to a different pro, someone mm. I'm not the biggest fan of. But if we go back to the Farmers Insurance three four weeks ago, yeah, and you've got Patrick Reed oh. missing what seemed like <laughs> every green, <laughs> yeah, um, he might have had the odd. Nice drop next to the green. Yeah, but I was going to say, was he but, teed, Was he preferring it? Like, I just don't like this line, the uh, you know slander. Whoa. But as much as he missed the greens, 
you can love him or hate him a short game's good isn't it he's a class chipper of the golf ball and pitcher of the golf ball for sure yeah I think that you know if we if we relate it to you know the listeners of this pod and me and you sat here now we're we're not playing the power game are we but and we're and we're not probably blessed with the athletic ability the time the the sort of money to spend um and the the, the the raw talent as well to go and do what Bryson's done, you know, go and put X amount of stone on in the gym, train so much, change your your diet to this strict regimen, go and work on this this speed game. It's it's something far away from us, and like I say, we're not everyone who's listening isn't going to get to that point of emulating Bryson. But what we all can do, you know, just depend. Um, despite our physical capabilities, we're able to get good from inside 100 yards. You know, we can get a good putting stroke, we can get a good chipping action, we can get a good pitching action. And what we may lack in, you know, power off the tee for the the courses we play that are probably on average, what, 6,000 yards tops, six six and a half tops, yeah. yeah? Um, Opposed to these guys who are playing, you know, seven and a half thousand yards. We only need to hit it 220 off the tee. And if you're great with a wedge, then all of a sudden you can start putting together some some really good rounds of golf. So I think today we want to go through um, some short game stuff that, like we say, if you, we're not all blessed with these powers that Bryson have, how we can still become a, you know, a sort of tall level or aspire to be like a tall level inside that hundred yards. So is that what you would classify matters as short game? You'd say within 100 yards, regardless of ability, because I know I would, but what the question I get a lot of the time is, why is it fair to say that short game when maybe I hit a sandwich, but another guy might be hitting an eight iron? Yeah, um, it, it depends. I would say anything that you're hitting a full pitch shot with, sort of pitching wedge down, it might be. Generally, you know, for, for the gents who play, I would say I've not really come across many gents who... Don't hit a pitching wedge more than, you know, the the, the minimum they would hit it is 75, 80. And, yeah. and so the ladies that I teach, some similar really, you know, 50 to yeah. fifty to 70, depending on the level. So, you know, full full pitching wedging in really. But yeah, from, from 100 yards is probably about average where we would see a pitching wedge being played. Yeah, I agree with that, with that 100 yard um, distance. And then just to give the different types of shots that we would classify in that we would flop. say flop shot one of them <laughs> yeah um we've got chip shots pitch shots yeah. and then you would still say as we've just said there a full shot wouldn't we depending yeah. on what club yeah, you've got because yeah, yeah. you might hit a full lob wedge 90 yards mm. um so regardless of what it is that they're, they're the three they're the three shots that would fit in and then obviously you put them when you get on the green as well yeah. it's obviously within the short game and i think everyone who's you know listening now if you count back to how many times you've duffed a full shot or like the half shot is classed as probably one of the hardest shots in golf. You know, you get 50 yards from a pin and it seems like you could kick it onto a green and yet you duff it into the bunker in front of you. You end up whizzing that over the back of the green, what chipping on two points. 50 yards onto a bunker? That's the worst well, yeah, shot that's just, that one, Yeah, it? you don't want that one. Just, just uh, chip just, that one yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, hit backwards and have a full wedge back in. But if we could all, you know, I always say to my lessons, you know, if you could stand from anywhere from inside 100 yards and put it on the green, despite you know where the flag is, if you can just get it on the green and get it down in two putts, no more than two putts, so we've had three shots, 
and you did that every single time you played golf with the odd two dropping in where you up and down it from yep. you know 50 yards or 75 yards you will be a better golfer yeah because even if you're a higher handicap let's say you put somebody up in the mid-20s of a handicap their golf game still seems to be a fairly good drive even if the short and when i say good drive i mean they're just it's not going too long, which means it's not, it's not going too wide yeah. either. So it's in the rough of the side. Even if they then go and maybe slightly chunk one or they thin it down the fairway a little, they're still within that 70, 50, 70 yard range. Yeah. If that golfer can then be decent at, like you've just said there, being able to go green two putt, yeah. it's bogey golf. They play off 18. Yeah, so exactly. You, could, you feel like you could go and probably top. You could go and thin a seven iron a couple of times down a hole. Oh yeah. But if your short game saves you at the end, yeah. Then you play. You, like say you can play bogey golf there. You could, all of a sudden you'll see your handicap dropping. Yeah. I still look back and I seem we seem to men- one of us seems to mention this every week of our short game when we were juniors. Oh, but class. I generally did, and it, obviously we say we say a lot about all those games we used to play at the on the putting green or whatever. Mm. But I I generally used to get around the golf course. I was decent off the tee. But again, I was probably accurate because the distance wasn't there. Yeah. So the shorter you are, the more accurate, yeah, accurate you are. Yeah, it's harder to spray it. I wasn't, I, I never hit greens. I wasn't good at hitting greens when I was younger. <laughs> Just never. But, <laughs> I never hit a single but, green. But it, yeah, it didn't feel like I did. But I felt like every time a wedge and a putter got in my hand, it was up and down, no matter where I was. Do you know what, sort of, and like, obviously, as I as I sit here now, I'm 33 years old and you're, what, 30? 20, Whoa, 20, 27, Matthew. Oh, 27, that was a big, big wow, leap there, wasn't aggressive. it? aggressive. I mean, you look old now, you're <laughs> just saying something, isn't it? Um, shave but, this week. <laughs> um, like, the, there was always the talk of Seve. There's not as much nowadays because we've sort of moved on past that era a little bit, but I think, you know, when I, I certainly started playing, he, he was still playing a little bit and, you know, God rest his soul, he, he ended up getting that horrible brain tumour and, and sort of dying probably three or four years into my sort of golfing career as it were but there was always the oh I'm going to end like Seve did this and Seve did that out of this bunker or I used to play this you know like the old three iron story but look what he would do here from this bush and stuff and when I was a kid it was always go to the the putting green at Warrington they didn't have the chipping green at the time and there was like a little slope off to the left and a, a slope on the right was like an upslope and you just tried different things and when you were out with your mates on the course it was like right I'm going to throw the ball here and go yeah. through as where Probably Phil Mickelson's the the poster boy of short game now, Definitely. isn't he? But he's not as sort of romantic as Seve. And no one sort of aspires to be like a Phil as where to like Seve was like the Don, wasn't he? I wonder why that is though with Phil. Why people everyone seems to just relate that to his flop shot and that's yeah, the only that's all, yeah, that's that's all the go to. Yeah, but, but Seve you wonder why. class. Yeah, oh yeah, of course Seve did. He's nothing mm. on Seve, but you wonder why people didn't let Phil kind of take the reins on the short game because he is unbelievable mm. at it. Even now you see some of the... Oh, it's just mad. How creative shots, he is yeah. around the green. Yeah. Um, it's impressive. But but yeah, the, the biggest one that jumps out at us and you would never put him in the same bracket bracket as either of them is how good Reed has been from his short yeah. game and some of his stats mm. this year he's been... And that, that one at the Farmers Insurance, the reason I mentioned it was because he was nowhere near first in any area of the game. Yeah. Apart from... Is chip around Free the green, drops. but it didn't even it didn't even count as putting either. It was right. around the green, yeah. So he is literally just chipping to stone dead every time, yeah. Which is impressive. And when you do watch his, watch maybe the highlights at the end of the week, like you say, apart from the odd drop, 
Uh, he, he's good. He's mm. got a very good touch around the green. So, what would you say are the um, what would you say the biggest mistakes you see with either either with lessons or when you do play with? Because we both play with yeah. higher handicap golfers as well as casual golf. What's maybe the one thing that you get either frustrated at when you watch someone doing and you think you could do that so much better because you are a better golfer? Yeah. Or when you're standing in lessons and you, you what are you lessons. doing? Um, club selection, I would say, is massive, yep. um, especially when we get in and around the green. Um, when I get when I'm three foot off the green, lob wedge, yeah. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> obviously. Why, why would you play anything else? Um, flag hunting, I would say, is another one. Instead of yeah. sort of recognizing your your ability and thinking, oh well, even though that I'm still eighty yards out, I'm going to take on this pin that's tucked three foot over the bunker and um, six foot left of the massive downslope, and yeah. and then from there, I would say as well. One, one, when we actually get on the green, pace control, you know, the amount of times I've seen people put it off a green or put it into a bunker or leave it halfway. And like one of my sort of things I pride my golf on is like my, my lag putting. I worked yeah. on that so much, just up and down the putting green, just back and two and back and two and thought, right, well, even if, you know, I'm hitting a green at 30 feet, I'm going to make sure I'm not three putting it because. I see so many times where there's been, you know, especially like your higher handicappers, like you're saying, you're playing with them and they've, they get a, get a good drive away, hit a great second shot into like a, a back left pin in their front right of the green. You think, brilliant, you know, you've got there, it's a 400-yard hole, walking off with five and six, and you think, yeah. like, that must just be just so debilitating and flattening, like thinking, God, you know, best two shots now, I've got six there, but oh, those would probably be the big three standouts for me. So there you've kind of picked out what we spoke about last week, which is course management and decision-making, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So that not, not hunting the flag, because yeah. the greens aren't massive. Mm-hmm. Middle of the green, you've still got a half-decent putt. Yeah, even close to the green, like taking on a, you know, thinking, right, well, I've hit it here in the junk. Um, probably got a bad lie, yeah. either in a bunker or uh, a bit of scrappy rough, and you've now got to go over a bunker to a downhill flag with not much room in between it, and then trying to be too cute when... Really, you know, your ability would only allow you to pitch 10 foot, 15 foot by the flag and have a 20 footer coming back, but they stood there taking on the wonder shot because they've watched film it or or savvy um, and then getting themselves into even further bother as they do that. Yeah, so like I said there, it was obviously a joke to say when I'm a couple of feet off the green, pick a lob wedge up, but you do see one of my, the only big mistake I would add to what you've just said there, I agree with all three of them. I think the only one I would add is too much loft in your hand all the time. Yeah. Everybody seems to pick out that sand wedge, lob wedge, gap wedge that they might have. Yeah. And that kind of links into flag hunting because how many time, times do you see someone pitching it so close to the flag mm. and they were only six feet away from the green? Yeah. That's got to be bumped on and rolled up. Yeah. Even if you are, even if you want to hit the sand wedge, you've still got to read the second half of the shot once it's hit the ground and once it's got rolling. Yeah. Don't see it as... I'm going to throw it all the way there. It's going to stop there. Yeah, one bounce spin and there we go. Oh, that looked good, mate. How good was that backspin I got then? Yeah, and that takes us back to something again I think we said a few weeks ago, which is that's because we see the highlight reel all the time on the on Sky Golf or whatever, mm, and mm. we see these shots stopping and grabbing now and again. Yeah. But what you don't realise is those shots stopping and grabbing, they're normally further away than you think. Yeah. If you go and watch any shot from within 20 yards of the green, yeah. it's 
they're playing that to bounce and roll up. Yeah, they don't release. go. They don't do the yeah, one and spinny check. unless there's like undulation that they need to get over. So we've got um, another question for you then. Oh, uh, speed control you mentioned. That's yeah. the one I wanted to come back to. And it's the one thing I talk about with straight away. It's the first question I ask with a putting and a chipping lesson to all of my clients. And I will say, what do you think is more important here, the speed or the line? Mm-hmm. 90% of people, I think, would probably say line. Yeah. And it's always very easy to explain it to them that let's just take it down to a 20-foot putt. Mm-hmm. It's very hard for me to miss and anybody to miss that 20 foot putt, six foot wide. People generally have an idea of yeah. direction. You would hope. Yeah, you're not going to miss a six <laughs> foot wide. Apart, yeah. Unless it's a big break, we're, we're taking this into a fairly flat putt or mm. a very small mm. break. You're going to have a general direction about yeah. you. Yeah. Um, how, how easy is it to hit a six foot by? Oh, yeah. And how many people leave it six foot short? Or mm. how many people go six foot past? And then because they've done that on that hole, they go to the Timid next hole the next and one. go six foot short. Yeah. It's much easier to leave yourself a six foot putt online than to go six foot wide. Yeah. So you've got to go and get that distance control, no matter whether you've got the little bump and rate iron in your hand from next to the green. Again, I'm going to have a general direction. It's very easy to be two foot off. A, a two foot miss from a chip shot on the fringe feels like quite a wide miss, doesn't it? Yeah. And it, it feels fashion, like a yeah. fairly wide miss to yeah. probably anyone up to a mid handicap golfer. Yeah. But when it rolls right over the lip, they go, oh, it was so close. Yeah. But it's 12 Wasn't. foot past. Yeah. No, I didn't have a chance of going in. So you, you've definitely got to bear that in mind. I think what you've mm. said there about speed control, that's one that I would go to Yeah. all the time. With yeah, and I think like the biggest, you know, if we were giving advice on working on your speed control with, with your putter, the biggest thing, you know, for me that I see a fault in is um, the the dramatic change in backswing to the through swing into impact. You, yep. know, you see it either really long and slow and then really speeds up into impact and it goes rocketing off or we see it too short and quick and then as it's accelerating down putting the brakes on and that's when we get that duff because I always like to get the, like, the drill going with my lessons of just giving them a golf ball in the hand and as we're stood 20, 30 feet away on a green saying right can you just roll that underarm along the ground for me yeah. um, to the flag out there and you know two or three goes they're pretty close to the flag if you know not dropping the odd one in because as your brain takes into account how far that is and you're relaying that message back from your eyes down to your hand, you start to get that feel. It's a bit like the exercise of standing close to someone with a ball and just throwing it to one another and you gradually just walk back and make the space bigger. You just adjust because you're seeing that that person's moving further away. So you throw the ball a little bit harder. You don't just try and change the speed of your arm. You just let that swing happen as you go through it. So I think... um, you know, that's what I would say to people if they were struggling with pace control to start with um, on the greens. Just try rolling a few balls and thinking to yourself, well, what would it take for me to roll it? And then as you get the putter in hand, imagining that the weight of the head is the ball and you're, you're rocking it in that way. Yeah, and so to make sure we... People might think that we very quickly jumped from kind of them longer pitch shots into a short pitch shot. I've mentioned chip and you've gone put. We'll work back to 100, basically. Yeah, with all of that there as well, I'm just thinking chipping as you're you're talking about tempo as well. 
I've got a couple of people in mind, and one one of them's actually sent a question today, which which we're going to go over later. You're talking about and shaming. You've got really stabby stroke. <laughs> <laughs> but you think about the 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 pitch shots from thirty and forty yards out, and what you've just said there of people yeah. stabbing into it. Yeah, we big get the long same swing, thing. really decel into it, or short and or just short yeah, and throw jerky. the club through it quickly. Yeah, so. With short game, where you're saying there about tempo and rolling a ball, I think tempo is probably one of, like, one of the biggest game. things in short game. Hundred percent. Like if you, if yeah. you can feel where that club head is, yeah. Regardless of whether it's a putter, whether it's a, a lobber, whether it's your pitching wedge, and you can actually feel the weight of that club swinging and the pace that it's swinging at, and how that club's releasing through the ball. You're yeah, going to be pretty kind of decent, aren't you? Just feeling the ground, isn't it? Feeling you could brush the yeah, ground. We mentioned yeah. a few weeks ago, somebody asked a question about bounce, making sure you're not digging that edge into yeah. the ground and you're just kind of landing landing on the ground and lifting back up again on the way through. A video's just gone out on my Facebook for that, by the way. It's 7 o'clock on Sunday, so uh, check that out. 20 minutes. 20 minutes to plug. That's, that was... Is that this? No, it's getting worse. You were yep. 27 minutes or something last week. Right, good. At least I'm getting better at so it. So you're sitting there scratching at your face. <laughs> been dying to do that from the start. Actually bleeding. <laughs> so yeah, it's making sure your club kind of just glides across the floor, isn't it? We're not completely missing the floor as well, because mm. that would be a thin shot. Just <laughs> yeah. getting that rhythm. Miss the ball. Just getting the rhythm of, throughout the whole of the short game, from that long yeah. pitch shot into your putter. Yeah. Distance control is, is definitely huge. Yeah. So... As you said there, we're going to work back a little bit. So we've gone from the putting green, and if we're just given the, the one tip, we could talk about putting for an hour, but if we're just given the one thing to everybody, it's go and get distance control, isn't it? Yeah, because even though, you know, and, and you, you, I always say, you know, to my lessons as well, you'll figure out what type of putter you are, especially when you get down into your, your six foots and in. A bad one. Uh, yeah, uh, when you get your six foots and in, do you like to see the ball dying into the hole? Do you like to see it, you know, sort of just medium pace? Or are you one of those putters who likes to see it banging uh, into the back of the hole? And then as you're, you know, going from you into your longer putts, you're not so scared of running it by six foot because you, you'll, you know, you'll be confident of banging those in. But that all feeds in together, and you having that ability to even practice. So like even now. Um, as we go out to, you know, play golf again, we're going to be two days obviously behind the start of golf. But just even focusing on that touch when you get back to it, because it's been three months on it. It's going to be rusty. Yeah, and that's one of the things that will go quickly. So you've got to, you know, just give yourself a bit of time and build that back up as you go through it. Definitely. So as as we move back to chipping and around, we're going to call the chip shot kind of. Just around the edges of the green. Yeah, 10 yards uh, out, ten, Yeah, 10 yards away from the green. And if we link that back to putting just really quickly, the better you get get, get at putting, yeah. the more comfortable and the better you're going to be at chipping. It feeds into one another because you're a lot more confident to think, well, if I feel like I can hold a six-footer, I yeah. don't feel like my chip's got to go within two foot. No, you, <laughs> so have, you, a, you, you have a sort of a freedom, don't you? Yeah. You can be a lot more free with, yeah. your, with your chipping. So... Definitely, um, definitely get get better with your putting, and that'll feed into your chip. Yeah, hundred percent. So biggest mistakes with chipping, Matt. Like we see? said, uh, club selection, isn't it? As soon as you Huge. get away from the green, let's get that lobber out. Let's get it up yeah. in the air. Get the spin on it because that'll look cool in front of me, mates. Until you blade it over the back of the green. Um, seven. Yeah, I think you know their club selection is quick into lob wedge because we do see a lot of golf from you know America and places like that now where they're playing on greens where there is a lot of undulation and they will need to throw it 
you know, on tour, the average average loft that they pitch with is 54 degrees. But when you look at the average course, it's got six dead elephants under the green. When we look at our average yeah. course around here, the greens are generally pretty flat. I, like growing up at Warrington, to be fair, every green has a fall off to the sides and the back. Mm-hmm. So I got pretty good with a lob wedge because you had to learn to throw it up. But as soon as I would miss a green short, I always deferred to like an eight iron bump and run because I didn't need to get it up over anything. So why why run the risk of not catching the, 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 uh, the strike well? catching a bit ground early and it falls in front of your face because that loft is only looking straight up at the sky as opposed yeah. to pushing the ball forwards. But you say there as well, you had to learn to get better at throwing it up in the air. Yeah. What level of golfer were you when you had to learn that? Because you wouldn't suggest throwing it up in the air, even if you're off the, in those runoffs, you can still play different types of shots from down there. Oh yeah, definitely. So what yeah. level of golfer um, would you say when you decide? I, I would say start? what what I did do in my like my first set that I had, I didn't have a lob wedge. I had a sand wedge, mm-hmm. and it was fifty six degrees, and I learned to just sort of chip with that, and it was like a case of getting it to fifteen twenty foot, getting it you know back to a puttable place to start off with. I wasn't trying to whip it up above my nostrils and get it stopping quickly. I was just like. Well, this is my skill level. At the minute, I struggle, you know, to pitch it straight for 30 yards. I'm just going to learn to chip it, get it back on the green. Right, now I'm getting more comfortable with it. Then I start to learn about opening the face up. Then, right, I'll play different shots. And even playing away from flags some of the times, if there was was a bunker in front of me that I didn't think I was going to be great at going over, I was fearful. And the the edge of the bunker was six foot to the right, and I could still have like a 20-foot putt. Just get it on there, make me five. Exactly, that, that'll do where, for me. And that's where it links in, as I said a second ago, to being decent at your 20-foot putts to the point mm. where you feel like you can put it close because yeah. if you're the golfer who goes, well, I've got to put it close because my putting's terrible, Yeah, you become better at putting and it'll make your chip and game easier. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it was a um, what a lot of people don't do as well is experiment. You know, when you when you think of, especially even like going to the driving range, how many people do we see chipping balls to the flags? We've got a, a row of flags that are 30 yards out there and generally like the ground's a bit wettish. Um, but you could still play a bump and run and think, right, well, even I used to play a game at drive time before, you know, I was, was at Trafford and when I was practising there a lot, there, there was a flag at um, 20 yards and I used to pitch my first ball to it and see how many balls I could get back towards the gravel that was I think three paces out yeah. and it was like right can I get 50 balls inside there if you can do that where they land I was getting better and better it started off at like six yeah. and it would go up and you get to like 10 and 12 and it was like oh look I'll just add a bit more loft to it now to make it go higher but not as far yes yeah, so that's interesting for just moving on to a little bit how you should be practicing that because mm. You talk about experimenting, hundred percent it's experiment because we can teach we can teach technique with yeah. with chipping and pitching and we can give you um a bit, bit of a better setup and a lot of the time, like I say, I end up going into tempo with people when it comes to chipping and pitching yeah. and it's a case of okay, go away and figure out your distances because I can't tell people as much to feel certain things. It's whatever they feel is right. So we I do have we can go into some systems, which we'll go yeah, into in a minute. I'm sure people have heard of the clock and stuff. Yeah. But that's just a really good game you mentioned there, which is you'd hit maybe a 50-yard shot, 50 shot, and then your next one's got to go ideally 49. 
then yeah. 48, then 47, yeah. and keep coming back. Yeah. If you get down to 30 and then you hit to 32, you start again, yeah, start one out to 50. I do it the other, I play the same game, but do it the other way around. I try and get as many balls as I can working upwards. Yeah. And then another really good one, I think, for people learning the consistency is like playing a game, game of bowls. And when I say bowls, I mean crown green bowls. Ooh, bowls. So you hit your first shot out there. Yeah. Whatever swing you put on it, it doesn't really matter. You've just got to try and recreate that shot yeah. and land it on top of the other one. Yeah. Do it again and again. Maybe have five shots to try and land on top of that golf ball. Yeah. And then just swing at another shot. And when I say swing at another shot, I mean kind of thoughtlessly. Yeah, just whatever you feel is going to come out. One-handed. And then play to that, play yeah. to that, and try and repeat. Do you the, think um, people get scared of chipping as well? Yeah, I mean, that's the it's the deceleration you mentioned before. Yeah. Putting, I think when we see that with chipping, it's the it's the stab, isn't it? Or yeah. the I've gone too long on my backswing because we see we see it in in a lot of golf swings anyway. People are not realizing how far they've actually swung the club backwards. Yeah, and whether they consciously know or subconsciously know. It's then I better slow down. I think the fear of the the like the I've got to get it close as well. Yeah, like I've I've messed big, I've, yeah I've messed green. up by missing the green. Yeah, okay, you know we all do it. We're not human. Uh, we're not robots. We we're not going to. Yeah, we are human. Uh, we're not robots. We're not going to hit eighteen greens, unlike JT or idiot seventeen. Yeah. Seventeen. Uh, 17. Um, but stop putting that pressure on yourself. I've had a few lessons this year and they're like, oh, you know, I've had, I've gone to three coaches and, uh, you know, I've, I've done this, this and this. And I'm like, well, what are you working on? Well, you know, I need to, I need to get my up and down rate better. And they've like been close to the yips, these guys. Yeah. And you're like, I just don't give a sh- like where you hit it at the minute. Just, just hit it for me. Squeezing the club tighter oh, and tighter. Like the steel looks like it's going to get they're crushed. Getting, they're getting more and more mechanical and technical. Yeah. And, and like, what do you more. think about this? And what? And you're like, right? Can you just, can you just throw it like thirty yards out there for yeah. me? Take a flag out of it. And I think that's one of the big things in the short game that we, you know, we said um, rhythm and tempo is a huge thing. Confidence is massive. Yeah. Frame you of know, mind and yeah. the confidence in the club that you've got in your hand. If you can go and fill your confidence bank, stood on a on a practice green or out, you know, when you're playing nine holes on yourself, just having a chip round the green and starting to get a strike. Don't worry about that flag, even if it's just can I hit the green to start off with, and then and not worrying so much about oh, you know, I've got to spin it and get it in close. Just right strike. Oh, that got up in the air. Oh, that was nice. It had a bit of run on it. Oh, right there we go. And you start to feel that. Then you're more likely to trust the club and let it be free a little bit. Yeah, do you think people get a bit too technical and robotic when it comes to pitching and chipping? Yeah. And that's why... Yeah, that's... when you look at a kid, you know... It's um, just free play, isn't it? Yeah, just like, where's the flag? And obviously they're fearless, you know, and as you say, you get older, you know, you have more worries in life and more stresses and you start to become more analytical and worry about things. But if you got, like, your kid mentality and was just like, I don't care if I duff it. So what? What is it? It's a golf shot, right? I'm going for this flag. I'm going to watch this, like almost showing off. And my my dad always used to say to me, like, you've got to have a um, like a movie character in your head. If there's something that you're not too um, too confident out on the golf club, you've got to imagine you uh, on the golf course. Sorry, you've got to imagine yourself that when you're walking up to that shot, you're watching yourself on a big screen. And you're like strutting down there, like with like Conor McGregor or Ian Poulter, like, yeah, watch this, mate. And Confident you know, in yourself, yeah, I can do it? this. And, and then all of a sudden, like, you start to trust what's going on instead of just like, oh, God, don't duff it again. I'm going to duff this. And then there you go, I duffed it. 100%. So 
What about the, um, I mentioned before about some systems that you can use for um, for playing these sort of shots and what we can kind of work up from anything from kind of 20, 30 yards all the way back with most people have a selection of three wedges in the bag. Yes. Yeah, so you kind of go, you've you've got your lob wedge, your sand wedge, and your, either your gap wedge, even four to the point where you get to yeah. your pitching wedge. But you're all, generally most sets have got three. And you can create a lot of golf shots there, can't you, with just a few different swings to I, I I generally go down the line of three different swings. Yeah. Um and I get people to kind of swing back to the belt, up to the yeah. chest and up to the shoulders. Yeah. Or to the right shoulder if they're right handed yeah. golfer. And when it, when you say right shoulder, people think is that a full swing, but it's not, is it? Because we've no, not got that three full quarters, rotation. Yeah. And by the time you do those three different those three different swings with three different clubs and then you can if you were to get a bit more technical about it you slightly mix the ball position up yeah and that, down all of a sudden a you are yeah choke down a little on the club all of a sudden you've got, oh, you've got like 28 so positions. many different yardages yeah. hmm. and all you're actually doing is three different moves but people try and do a million hundred different moves for 30 yeah. different shots and yeah instead just try and get yourself a few comfortable swings and a few yeah. things that you're you're ready for and I think it's having a good, you know, a good set of basics as well, isn't it? How many times do you get someone in a lesson stood to a wedge or like a, a fifty-yard pitch as they throw out to it a full seven iron? Yeah, you know what you're doing? Like, what, what's going on here? And they're like, "Well, I thought it was the, the same ball position," and like, obviously, it's just not, not knowing. Um, and you get the opposite, but, don't you? Who've maybe they've got knowledge, it, yeah. oh, they've no, got knowledge, yeah. and they know they oh, need to be a I bit closer, that, yeah. and the feet need to be a bit closer. Yeah, but feet need the, to be. T- if you went to the comments on my YouTube section when you put a pitching video out, my God, some of the stuff that comes up, you just think, right, I've got this basic like setup here for you. This is like just dead basic. Watch, I can hit it fifty yards. Your feet aren't close enough together. Your feet are too, and it's like, right, well, find what works for but you. But you've hit, a, you've yeah, just hit the shot. I've hit the shot. Yeah, this yeah. is it. Done. Like, and you, as long as you've got your staple, and you say, right, well. Like Tom says there, you've got three positions, belt, chest, shoulder, and my feet are this far apart, my ball stays in this position, my shaft's leaning, you know, 10% forwards or 10 degrees, and that's it. And the club, the ball will do this to the club, uh, the club will do this to the ball, and off it goes, job done. Yeah, and that's your that's your personal system. A lot of people yeah. I hear about doing, and basically all I've said there is it's the clock system that people use, Yeah. except I feel like, Trying to swing back to, in my head, and to be fair, it works with a lot of people I teach. If you swing back to nine o'clock, does that mean your hands are at nine o'clock, the club heads at nine o'clock, the grips at nine o'clock, and yeah. that's an external thought. Yeah. Whereas if you kind of come back to belt, you, you're aware of where your belt inner is, body yeah. is. It becomes... I, I generally do. I mind same three positions: belt, chest, shoulders, um, and it's all where my where my hands are. Same per, yeah, hands every time. But you you might be someone who is a club head person, it's you know, it's totally your shaft. Um, but you know, it's what, what makes sense to you, isn't it? And and he, and like the big thing is as well, when you video yourself do it, it might look that you're you know, you say belt, but you're swinging up to your chest. But as long as you Doesn't think matter. that's your belt swing and then your chest is whatever it is and your shoulders whatever it is, and you note those distances down, always carry as well. Like, yeah. don't go full. It's always carry because you might be playing soft, hard, uphill, downhill, wind into, blah, blah, blah. So once you've got those carry distance noted down, yeah. as soon as you get 45 yards on the on the course, you know that it's your 54 to chest height. And if you've got 45 Done. yards on the course to the flag, but your chest swing goes 
47. Yeah. Doesn't matter, does it? We're not trying yeah, to put yeah. it in the hole every yeah, single time. It, yeah, put it just two yards past because that's only six feet and you can still hole it. Yeah, so get your yardages nailed down with your, with your clubs and you might find some yardages mix into the point where oh, yeah. my, my shoulder swing with my sandwich might go the same distance as my chest swing with my gap wedge, mm. except one's gone lower, one's gone higher. That depends yeah. then what the wind's like, whether I've got anything in front of me. If I need to go over a bunker, I'll play the higher one. But it's that you give yourself with just... You'd be amazed how much variety you can give yourself with three swings. Oh, massive. And just as I said there, if you go three swings, three golf clubs and three ball positions... Oh, my God. It's 27 yeah. shots. Yeah. And then add the grip in. <laughs> 27 shots before yeah. you've got up and down the grip. Yeah. And that's before you've maybe just tried to go do anything else and mm. try and add any sort of feel to it. Yeah. Just strike the ball every time and you've got 27 yardages with three clubs. Mad that, isn't it? I don't think people realise how simple it can be. Yeah. Um, you hear the tour pro saying the exact same thing sometimes. It's every They've all got stock shots. Yeah. For me, if I if I use a bushnell and I've got 72 yards, I'm quids in. Eight. Right? I like eight iron, yeah, yeah. full. As hard as I can, step on it. Step on it. <laughs> but no, I love it. It's a it's a nice little pitch for me. Yeah. With which feels like I only come to chest height. I just turn through it, and it's going to be the right distance every time. Yeah. If I've got seventy four yards, I don't necessarily try and do much different. Yeah. I just go. Well, I'll play me seventy two. I'll play that shot I'm comfortable with because if I then try and go, yeah, you're not that a good. Bit more exactly. Not that <laughs> just, good. Just I live by that two yards. <laughs> No, to be you quite honest with me, one, so. so just use it, get your stock shots and stick to your stock shots, stick to what you're comfortable with. You'll probably find as well, like on a, on a caveat to that, there'll be one wedge that you love playing with as well. Yeah. Um, that you know that you'll do your thirty, your fifty, your seventy yard shot with, and you'll probably find that you can start to adapt that round the greens, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, when we talked about picking the wrong loft around the greens and maybe looking at bumper runs, you might find a way of bumping and running your 54, but as long as it's not that, you know, as soon as you get onto that green, you pull the loft, you you can adapt that club. That's completely fine. You know, I was listening to um, the Open podcast before and Shane Lowry um, about winning the Open and talking, you know, and I heard something else of his and he's talking about how he hits little draws in with his with his gap wedge, and then he can hit it in with his lob wedge, and he, he hits, you know, little high checky stoppers with his lob wedge, and then he'll get it straight flight and flat flight, and you just think, well, obviously, you're super skilled, but... Yeah, that's if next you can, level Yeah, stuff, if you can ad- it, adapt, you know, if, if we're saying if there's one club that you do all of a sudden when you get into your sort of short game area and it becomes your 52 degree or your 54, that's fine, because when you pull it out that bag... You're going to have some confidence because you like the club, you know, a yardage for it, and then you trust it. Definitely. Right, my quick summary. One tip for putting. Go. Get your pace right. Get that Get that feeling of what it would take. To, if you were going to roll the ball out of your hands, let it fall out your fingertips and roll it up to the flag, what would that feel like? And it won't be an aggressive change in speed when you roll, roll, rock your arm back and release the ball. So then when you come to emulate that with a putter, Again, it's not going to be a real aggressive change in speed when you uh, change the direction. Excellent. Quick tip for chipping. Chipping, don't get as much loft as you can. If you can get it on the green as quickly as possible and get it running like a putt, it's a lot easier to try and uh, roll a ball into a hole as opposed to slam dunk one. So use a little less loft and get it running um, where possible. 
And pitching finally. Pitching, get um get a setup that you can rely on, get your pitching set up, and then from there, um, get some system in place. Start with one wedge, it might be just be your lob wedge or your, your gap wedge, but go to the club, get the average from fifteen balls from a chest belt and um shoulder swing or the clock system, whatever it may be, and then start to work around that system and build it up with your other golf clubs. And then I'll tee this one up for you. Oh. One, one that covers all three of them. What's the tip for the thing that covers all three? Practice, mate. You've got to go out and practice. He was supposed and to say, also, he was supposed you've to say got tempo. To, I was just going to say, you've got to, <laughs> you've got to cement your, uh, your tempo into your practice because when you're under a bit of pressure and you've not practiced, that tempo is going to get quicker because you won't be oh, yeah. confident with it. So all of a sudden you'll get a little bit snatchy. So actually standing on the range, standing on the practice ground, on the golf course, and just having a few pitches and just focusing solely on that tempo, your rhythm, you're going to get better at um, all your short game stuff. Excellent. Great work. uh, A good summary. Good set of questions, though, for the summary. Yes. Good work. Good answers as well. Pat yourself on your back. Pat myself for the questions, and you had some good answers. Right then, we've got a few questions from this week, so we'll, we'll be back in a second. Right then, everybody, before we continue, I just want to say a big thank you to everybody who's already sent those questions in. I hope the questions we've answered over the last few weeks have really helped you all out. And then secondly, I just want to remind those of you who haven't got in touch yet that you can do it by just clicking in the link at the bottom of this episode if you go into episode details. You'll find all the social media accounts for myself and Matt. And more importantly, you'll find the email address, thecoachescornerpod at gmail.com, which you can send any questions into there. Also, don't forget to subscribe or like from whichever platform you are listening on. That'll make sure you get notifications of any new releases and you will never miss an episode. Guys, thanks for listening. And let's get to this week's listeners' questions. Great. Right then, Matt, it's listeners' questions time. Who's going first? Do you want me? Go on, fire away. You go. Fire away. Okay. This is a, you know, really feel feel. Bleh. This really feeds into the episode we've just done. There, Louis Louis asks, "Will power play like Bryson be the future?" <laughs> Listen back to the last half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, last forty-five minutes. We can make sure it's not. Uh, no, I think it's going to be. It's probably going to be for the professional yeah. game, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and I don't think there's any stopping that because, as you mentioned at the start of that episode, they've got the time, they've got the, they've got the talent anyway, they've got the practice, they're just good at golf. Mm. They can go to the gym and it's, it's their career at the end of the day. They can put all the work in to make distance their yeah. one and only goal. Um, yeah. So probably will a lot more than on the pros. Whether they're going to change the rules, I don't know. But I think for the amateur game and for... What was his name, Lou? Louis. Louis? For Louis. Um, I think it's probably a case of you play club level golf, I would imagine. It's not going to be, that's no. not going to be where the, where it goes there. You need to be uh, solid all round. And if you're better at short game, you don't need to be smashing it a mile. Yeah. Very true. I think I've summed that up quite well. Do you want to say anything, Matt? No. No, I covered all of it. You've just done it there. You've done it. I think they, like the average golfer generally is not hitting it much further, really, are they? Unless they're buying into all the marketing spiel, we're hitting it 422 yards now with every driver. But yeah, get a better short game and you'll be uh, you'll be laughing. I'm just scrolling through my questions from today, and some idiot called Mafreya Golfers messaged me asking how many hole in ones I've had. How many? <laughs> and what's the answer? It's zero, man. Z- zero. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh dear. 
That was just your WhatsApp group got in contact with me and asked me oh, to yeah. uh, publicly oh, shame you again. again. Yeah, great. Uh, right, we've got a question from Derek. He's one of my students. We've had, I think we managed uh, we managed two lessons just before, or a while before lockdown. And fell out, or? No, no. <laughs> no, he's coming back. No, he's coming back. Well done. <laughs> you, you've done well there. I hope so, anyway. Yeah. You're coming back, aren't you, Derek? Yeah. Please, Derek. Uh, Derek's got a question I thought I'd, we'd ask, because a lot of people are going to, are going to be asking this, and we mentioned tempo in uh, in that episode. Then uh, he said, when he goes to either practice before a round or even when he's in round, he has an issue on control and speed and tempo. Mainly, what he feels is his backswing and follow through are completely different. He says, I follow up very quick, but when I try and slow it down, it's just still to any tips. Now I'll put a little bit of context into it as well is when Derek first came to play, don't think yeah. you'll mind me saying, he had a very short backswing yeah. and a very fast and long follow-through. And yeah. to be completely fair to him, it was impressive because he still hit it very well. Yeah. And all we were trying strong to do... Strong man. Then, yeah, strong yeah. lad, built well, hit it a long yeah. way. So it was just a case of let's get you a bit more of a functional backswing, let's get you a bit longer and get you a bit more consistency through the golf ball. So as we've obviously, like I say, we've done two lessons and we've had a while off yeah it, it's probably going to feel quite alien to him to yeah. make that backswing longer and then come yeah. through but i think i think what you've got to watch out for is you know what is a full backswing as well yeah for you to me to you know derek to dave yeah. um dave, dave he's always getting in um uh, a full backswing might be totally different because of you know physical limitations. You'll get some guys who are built like brick houses, yeah. and they swing it to the knees and they crush it like two hundred and fifty yards with three wood. But then we've all flexibility massively comes into it yeah. as well because we've yeah. had a few. Uh, I know me and you have taught the same guy who's rugby lads. Yeah, yeah. And the the flex they, they can be as powerful as anything. Mm. But when it comes to the golf swing, the flexibility is not there. Yeah, all the, the powers, muscle, in the, yeah, the muscles all the are built in the wrong legs. area. You can see the way yeah. he stands, just a little yeah. bit more tense. And that's fine. I think what what Derek, you know, there you've got to look out for is is finding you know your natural rhythm once you go to um, the golf course to play, um, building it up from sort of a little, you know, as we said in that segment before. Pitching a ball twenty yards, can you pitch yeah. it thirty? Can you pitch it fifty? Can you pitch it a hundred? All of a sudden, you're up to your full swings, then, and it's not like just yeah. get a get a seven iron out your bag and go full throttle at it. If you're you know softly, softly catching monkey and you build it up a little bit, then you'll fall into your natural rhythm instead of um, you know just trying to hit something full out straight away. It was I think we talked about it last week or a couple of weeks ago. Ben Hogan only ever warming up with a nine iron, yeah, just because he felt that was the club that you yeah just found his rhythm every time, wasn't that fussed about direction stuff it would come more towards the end but you know for yourself there Derek I would suggest you know a small little chip to a uh, a bigger chip to a medium pitch to a longer pitch to a um, a fuller shot to get your to get your rhythm when you're out on the uh, on the range before a round of golf and one thing I do want to pull out of that as well is at the end of the question it said but if I try and slow down I guess stilted any tips so we see this a lot of the time. And how many times do you hear people saying, you've just got to slow down your swing? Yeah. And what no. we've, we've, we've got to make sure we're not Don't we're not just waving the golf club through the golf ball. And I understand where we've gone from, especially talking to Derek with his, with his first lesson, I understand where maybe he'd go away and overdo the idea of making sure we're, 
we're not just jabbing and being jerky through the ball. Yeah. So over time, he's making the conscious it's, effort to not jerk through the yeah, ball, it's, it's and not, it's now stopping at it. Maybe it's not slowing your swing down. It's getting your sequencing right. Exactly. It's right, not. Yeah. It's not a, uh, a speed issue. It's a timing issue. Yeah. And that's where you know. Oh, you swung too fast there, mate. It's like, well, no, you you actually started the downswing from your you know your club head up and through to your hands instead of actually letting your lower half lead the way and then everything else fall in sync. Um, is more of like the common problem in it. Yeah, exactly. So with that, Derek, just thinking back to, obviously, I haven't seen you for a few months, but try not to, um, try not to slow the whole swing down. You want to still be at speed through impact of the golf ball. Yeah. We don't want to be trying to decelerate through. Yeah. And if your lessons don't work with Tom, I'm always available. Um, just to uh, come in with me. Uh, yeah. Poaching. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, Stick with Tom. I'm joking though. I don't really know what to say for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. Let's let's get one more question to go on, through. We'll go end on it. You've got on one a, there for me. Yeah. Why do pros still wear uh, metal spikes, Tom? Uh, would that surely plastic would give more grip? Now, in my mind, metal is harder than plastic. Yeah. So it's going to be spikier. Like, what would you? What What do they wear on mountain? Is it clampons or crampons? Yeah. You. I, I mean, I think your metal. Your metal probably give you more grip. I think the main reason for moving away from the metal spikes was um, turf was, care. Yeah, looking after the golf courses. Be, and I don't think that matters as much with the. Well, it doesn't matter with the pros. It's looked after perfectly all year round. And, and there's only 150 of them for two days. And yeah. 70 of them for two days. We've got 150 people walking down Every the same day, little path yeah. of the first hole at the yeah, golf club. Dragging the feet across the ground. Um, so, yeah, to be fair, I think it was more getting rid of the... We got rid of the metal spikes. Do you know, do you know of, what's interesting? And I've got uh, a video on this coming. Did everybody get that? Matt Fryer, Facebook. Matt Fryer Golf. <laughs> He's got YouTube, Instagram, um, social media expert. Huge on YouTube. 115,000 hey. subscribers, I think he's got now. Get there. Plug, plug, plug. If you don't plug yourself, Tom, who's going to do it for me? You've me, I've just done you've, it. You, yeah, that's the first time. You, you've, you've actually broke the contract. You're going to do that every episode. <laughs> the, what are they called? Spikeless? Yeah, spikeless like just shoes. Spikeless shoes versus spike shoes. Do you reckon that would actually make a difference for power? I've Do you reckon there's an argument few, for that? So I've thought about this a few times, and I think it'll also depend on the person. I'm going to get a little bit technical in the shoes Ooh. now as well. Yeah. Purely based on the fact that my left ankle is knackered. It's gammy. Right? Yeah, it's had a few a injuries ankle. since I was, I think the first time I injured it, I was 11, and it's gone three times since. <laughs> so if I've got spiked shoes on, like and they're proper gripped into the floor, yeah. as I go to turn through, Causes you pain. They, they don't cause me pain, but I'm, I'm generally it. a little slower because it gets caught a little bit. So if you think of, if you think the rotation goes all the way from your ankle into your left hip, and that leg yeah. needs to have some amount of mobility, your and your more. ankle needs to, well, flex my foot a little more, obviously. Yeah, twenty five degrees. But I do have it a little bit anyway. Do it more. Whereas if I've got spikeless yeah. or even a bit, even the rubber spikes that are out now. Yeah. If I kind of get into one a little more. Mm. It's, after, it's way after impact. It doesn't really affect the swing, but it gives me that little bit of confidence mm-hmm. that once I get through, arms are coming over the shoulder through the swing, yeah. that foot can just spin a little bit. The heel can kind of undig itself. Yeah. So I think if it would fully depend on who you are as well, I think, and what yeah. you, it could go in, in far it's into It's an interesting that. one, isn't it? Yeah. I think the way you... Because when you look at like who's like, you never, like, unless it's Fred Couples, you know, just... Just sl- yeah, just sliding around the Masters like cool. has obviously got really bad back problems all the time as well, Fred. Yeah. But you hardly see anyone in 
spikeless, do you? No, you I don't, don't know. I generally many, no. say all the pros are in spiked. Yeah, yeah. and you, it depends, I suppose, where they... If you go into your... Someone asked a question a couple of weeks ago. If you go into using the ground and the ground prep... If you, we've all probably had it where your right foot, if you're a right-handed golfer, you've pushed it away from you and had a slip. Yeah. Uh, if Especially you, on like a mat, a winter mat, it generally yeah. happens, doesn't it? So you, you might want spikes there. It, yeah. it fully depends on where your pressure's coming from, when you use it. How it's transferred, yeah. Um, but shoes are quite an interesting one. I, I look, yeah. I like, look at that question, you think, God, what like what's that question? But when you actually delve into it, it's quite a... Well, we might just be golf geeks, but I think it, it will be. I can't wait to actually. I got body trap the other day, and I can't wait to actually see the um, see the outcome if it does actually play a play I'm a part around. in it. Yeah. I'm coming around for a go when we're allowed. Yeah, you can be a, you can be a guinea pig on it. I think one thing that I don't think people will just stay on the shoe topic is people coming into lessons with certain shoes and stuff as well. Well, like I don't. The, you mean when they come in with the brogues and they've just been on a? It's not going to go well, is it? When you, <laughs> yeah. you're sliding all over I'm the place. Sorry, I just come from the meeting here. Do you mind if I? Oh God! <laughs> but I think you've got to. You've got to be aware that if you've got, um, for example, do you know the Adidas shoes with the boost sole now? So it's like very soft. Um, or the it's like walking on a cloud. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I think golf shoes, but yeah, you, can yeah. get, you get trainers. Yeah, with yeah, it. Yeah, You see people standing on kind of running shoes and. You can see the outsides of them kind of flaring yeah, outwards yeah. because all the pressure's pushing out yeah. rather than a solid sole. Or yeah. you see somebody come in with maybe, they don't come in on the Saturday night heels, but kind of. someone turn up in flip flops. It's not, yeah, it's not going to go well. You might as well yeah. play in bare feet. What are you doing, mate? I'd probably rather someone play in bare feet than flip flops. But yeah. if you've got a slight, even if you've got a slight heel on that's a bit too high, people don't realise that all of your. Your pressure's, your pressure's tipped, tipped into your toes. Yeah. So you're going to naturally, in your swing, possibly try and throw that back to the heels. Yeah. It's going to massively change further. the way you swing. So I think mm. as well, when people go and practice, and it might it might feel a little bit strange walking in with your golf shoes into the range and taking and in the back. swapping yeah. swapping over, but but do it because that's what you're going to be playing in at the weekend. And as much as you don't think it, just that little bit of the difference in the sole of your shoe or the spikes yeah. or the, that the 1% size in is it. huge. It makes add, so much add such a, load a difference. Add 1% together. You've got 100, haven't you? Yeah. Interesting, right? Um, anything else to talk through, Tom? No, I think that was good. Oh, to be fair, I, did, I was just going to mention... Got, have the, you got topics for I me? I was just going to mention the idea of the biggest thing that's happened in the golf this week is imagine making... I mentioned hole in ones again. It's got me. Yeah, it's oh, got Tommy me. Fleetwood, Sergio well, Garcia. Tommy Fleetwood's hole in one, but Garcia's to to beat win Westwood, a wasn't it as well? It's just a joke. I'm yeah. sitting here, can't get a hole in one on a casual round on a Sunday with my dad, and <laughs> on Gar- the PlayStation. <laughs> and Garcia's going and uh, going and binning them in a playoff, mm. which is just. It, I loved how Westwood took it as well. I don't think there's any know, other way you yeah. can take it, especially when he's had as good a couple of weeks as he did. Yeah. but. He seems to be just enjoying his golf now, Westwood, doesn't he? I love the way he's doing it. It is amazing when you see like someone's um, sort of outlook on life, you know, away from a golf course change, yeah. and they, they get into this happy place. How they all of a sudden just become like a a better golfer. Intra- like you look at it's weird how it works. Like look at Rory at the moment had a new baby. Yeah, so he's, he's probably got quite a high stress life out of golf, hasn't he? But then throw into the mix Danny Willett winning the Masters just as his kid was born. So he flew in a day late mm. because his kid was born, like on the Sunday or something. And then he goes there thinking, well, you know, I'm. Ha-, and he was like, I, I think it was the Open Podcast or something I listened to. 
um, where he's like, yeah, I was just high on life, didn't really care about much, and you know that that came around. And well, when I hit a bad shot, I was just thinking whether me yeah, wee nipper so, was all right. I so it is they're, mad. They're slightly different things. Willa probably flew in there with, and we spoke a few times about expectation. He's probably got there with no expectations at all. Mm. Rory's kind of. I think a that's the best way. Rory's still got the expectation to be a good golfer, still trying really hard, but he's got all these distractions away from the course as well, he's which got, is just yeah, life at the end of the double, day. Double done. And now you've got Westwood, like you say there, who's in the best frame of mind I think you could ever be in, whether he wins or loses, he's smiling. Yeah. He's got family members carrying his bag. He's got his son carrying at the Masters. Like yeah. Even if he does terrible at the Masters, yeah, good what an experience that, to be able yeah. to say, I've just let my lad carry my bag around yeah. the biggest golf tournament in the world. Yeah. So... He's putting. He seems to be putting himself in situations now where he's in a he's in a win win situation for himself. Yeah. And if we go back to the first episode we done together when we were talking about coming back after lockdown and having expectations on yourself. Yeah, just being happy to and be in out a way, with the, your mates. The win win now for everybody, and that he's probably proven it is the win winners. I'm out we're on out the course. I'm golf. just happy to yeah. be out there. Yeah. Don't but be running round. I'd rather be here than work, <laughs> and you probably play a little bit of better golf and doesn't guarantee you play better golf no, but then if you just, do just cherish it but if you do then it's a bonus isn't it yeah so I, th- I think Westwood at the minute is um, he's definitely the the idol for, for what sort of mannerism you should have on a golf yeah, course 100% and then just to take it back to Garcia making that hole in one it was that's one way to make a uh, in Garcia what, what do you think about Garcia I seem to change my mind on yeah, him yeah I got a real every road, single yeah. year so I was re- since since back in the day when I first started really taking notice of golf and it was all this thing about he's such a good ball striker with the iron yeah, it's like he's amazing and he just can't win yeah. anything when he won the Masters I was really rooting for him to win the Masters yeah, the last couple of years there just seems to be I don't know whether there's just still a got a bit like that over petulant it. child about think, him and yeah, you what think it is. like come on mate and not to give them not to give them an easy excuse out do you think that is the sort of emotions of the way the Spanish are as well. Because you look at Ram. Yeah, I think they're very the fiery quite, characters. Yeah, exactly. But you never see like Alathabal or, you know, Sevi was a different no, sort would, of yeah, fire. But then you look at Jimenez, but I think some of the stuff he does is just a little bit, and like, don't get me wrong, I've like done silly things on the golf course. Yes, but you when, you, when, you, when you're in his position... Like you say, it's just some, sometimes you think, oh, yes, like when they, when he won the Masters, it was like, that is amazing. Like now he's, like the floodgates will open, he's free of like any, is he going to be a player who doesn't win a, win a major? And putting meaning it so much, like it's a lot of pressure off, isn't it? But then You'd you see him, so, a, see him a month, to say it's pressure a month off, later or a year later, he's digging up a bunker and kicking yeah. greens in Oman. And you think, what are you doing, mate? And it's just They're sometimes annoys of- me. But get, then, then I see him play great golf, and I'm like, oh, you're just class. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I do change my opinion a lot on him. But we're going to just keep going off on a tangent chatting here because as you're saying that, I'm thinking about how much heat some of the players have been taking lately, such as... I think that's seen, the world nowadays, though, isn't it? Well, but now I'm talking the fact that we've... We want to see more into the players, so we throw some microphones on the fairway. No, and then we can interested. play when, when they hear them swear. Not interested. And then... You're not interested? No, I just Why? want to see him play golf. I don't give a... You don't want to hear the pro caddy talk about the decisions they make? Uh, yeah, a little bit. So if you want to yeah. hear that, then yeah. you are going to hear the odd swear word. Yeah, well, that don't, bother me. Yeah, that don't bother me one bit. But no, bit. that's the thing, that, but they're taking heat Well, there's people for, out there who will, and they get like too touchy about it, and that's the yeah. problem with the world. And you've got um, Tyrrell Hatton the other day gave his golf club a little 
Oh, I love it, that. It was just a nice. It was a very. Which very one? Soft. The one where he like buried it into the ground, or no. the one where he like let it go mid, like yeah, follow see, through and it went. And I think that's the. That difference. was quite stylish. That one. I liked it. Yeah. Burying a club into the ground, and we see people burying a putter into the green and stuff. I've yeah, got that's no bad. time for that whatsoever. Yeah. You're damaging something that. Yeah, everyone else has got to say, play on it. Yeah, even if you just say you're damaging something that greenkeepers have put a ridiculous amount of work into, mm. and you're just going and tearing it up. Yeah. When. Tyrrell Hatton gets to the end of the golf swing. <laughs> and just, it's just like he... It was just ca- like that little bit of momentum just at the just, end, just he released. He just caressed a 30 yards. You know, it was almost a better helicopter. than a cub twirl. <laughs> it was. I appreciated it more. It was just and, like the slight revert. And then started clapping himself. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> Great. Bit that's, of like... That's self, entertainment. Yeah. Though. I don't... And people people rinsed into it on Twitter or on social media. He's a disgrace. Yeah, he's a disgrace to the game. He's a he's a spoiled brat. Now, he's not done any harm to anyone, has he? He's not hurt anybody. But when he buries the club into the floor, then I'm fine. Yeah, to call him yeah, co- yeah, co- come on, mate, get a grip. But I think we've we've asked for to be able to see into the players' game a lot more and the coverage to be better, and we want to know what the the way they do it more. And then all of a sudden, now it's happening. People are complaining about every little thing that does happen mm. for example the swear word if you you're going to hear a swear word they're playing yeah. for millions of pounds and even when we're yeah, playing under super pressure and when we're playing for a fiver or a pint in the bar we swear so oh, guess never. what they're going to as well yeah you've never yeah. swore on a golf course never no never once no no not that I've heard. <laughs> Not that you've heard, but, yeah. but, but the guy on the seventh yeah. or when you were on the, the first seventh, when, I was, when I was playing with you at Hellsby, that guy on the seventh at Warrington heard me. <laughs> oh, lovely. So enjoy your golf, everyone, this week. It's, uh, it's good to be back. Um, as well, as we said at the start of the episode, do keep an eye out for that post that's coming. Team Tom or Team Matt, who's going to be? Team Tom all day it's wrong um yeah so thanks for listening guys as always remember to follow us on all our social platforms coach corner on instagram follow tom on instagram follow me follow me on facebook youtube everything and we'll see you hopefully and uh maybe we'll have a new feature next time we come back about tales from the course or something see you next week